0: Hey guys, this is the first official episode of the Good, the Bad, and the Emo podcast. And I'm Lauren, and I'm here with my emo AF boyfriend, I mean fiancé, Dominic.
1: What's up, guys?
0: Um, I felt kind of inspired to start this podcast. I've been wanting to do it for a while, but we just watched the Billie Eilish documentary, and you know, she just made me want to kind of get up and do this now.
1: Yeah, when we watched it, I really wasn't expecting her to be so kind of relatable and she was just a very interesting character. She had a lot of good rhetoric um, and she really made you uh, feel for her with her situation between her health and her boyfriend and just being so young at the time of being such a superstar
0: What kind of appealed to me was the dynamic between her and her brother and her family. Just, I'm very close with my family and just kind of felt connected to her in a way with the way that her parents treated her because that's how I am with my family. And I just thought that it was awesome the way her and her brother Phineas kind of started that in his bedroom. And um, she, just because she was so young, she was like 14 to 15 years old when Ocean Eyes went viral in 2016 and I just, can't believe that she was so young doing that.
1: Yeah, it really speaks to how talented she was because the thing that I gathered from it was when she first sang "Ocean Eyes," it was her brother's band song. I didn't and know that she took over. She just was like, "I want to jump on the mic and sing it." She didn't write it. He didn't write it for her. She he wrote it for this band he was doing.
0: Yeah, I had no idea about that. I thought that she just came up with it. That's really cool because. I had no idea he had a band. I thought they just started that because of her. Well, it
1: wasn't like a big band. He was just like in high school and he was jamming with some friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool that from a young age, like her family was involved with music. And kind of started tearing up a little bit at how they were doing the talent show as a family. I thought that was so fucking cute. But, yeah.
1: I love her dad. I think he's like a national treasure and we need to protect that mustache at <laughs> like all costs.
0: Yeah, the song. So I kind of want to talk about what made me kind of figure out about Billie Eilish. Because I really didn't know about her until after Ocean Eyes. Probably like 2018, I was in hair school. And I was just sitting in the back eating lunch. And they were talking about her. And I was like, I have no idea who that is. And this girl I went to school, is started saying how she was going to her concert. So she told me that I listened to the song, Bury a Friend. And when I went home, I watched a YouTube video. And I thought that YouTube video was pretty cool. Um... If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Barry Friend's the one where the director of the music video was the same people that directed The Conjuring. I don't know if that's right.
1: Yeah, that was James Wan, I believe, who directed it. Um, he is a very good director. He's directed a wide range of movies, but The Conjuring is one that stands out the most.
0: Yeah, The Conjuring. I'm. A, we're both huge horror people, which I'm sure a lot of you are also. If you're emo like us, but. Um, I'm. We're both really into horror, but the thing about me is I only watch horror movies and then it keeps me up for nights and I wake him up all night and he doesn't get any sleep because I picture the nun from Conjuring 2 coming and killing me and taking my body while I'm trying to sleep. So I have to make sure that he stays awake all night just to make sure that I'm not alone in case Valak the nun tries to fucking get me.
1: Valak <laughs> the nun is the, definitely one of the scariest people or things or whatever you want to call it just the imagery alone is very haunting
0: like the people that did a conjuring movie did it so well because honestly the billy eilish bury a friend um music video scared me so yeah
1: sorry guys if you can hear a little scratching our cat's losing her fucking mind right now it's because we're recording and she wants to be in here um but literally, when we let her in here, she was just banging against the table. And I know you guys don't want to hear clanking on the floor.
0: Well, she also likes to do this thing where she chews on the curtain, like the little, if you, like little strings on the, not curtains, blinds that you use to open and close them. She likes to just chew on them and bang them against the wall.
1: So back to this Billie Eilish thing. Let's talk about her and her boyfriend's relationship.
0: Honestly, I don't, I don't really want to go into topic on her boyfriend's relationship because I feel like she kept it private for a long time. Like she, nobody knew she had a boyfriend until this documentary came out. And, um, I'd rather just respect her because it was kind of a touchy subject for her. I'd rather just not comment on her.
1: I like the way you answered that. I, um, I, yeah, you're right. I didn't even know she had a boyfriend and it was a little, yeah, it was a little off putting to see how they interacted and. But yeah, let's just give her that respect.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about um other songs off her album that came out. When we fall asleep, where do we go? The her first debut album that didn't make her blow up. Ocean Eyes kind of made her blow up, but this was like her first album. And I actually, like I said, I went home and googled and you watch that YouTube video. So I got interested, and I told Dominic about her, and then we went to Target, and um, I bought that vinyl. It's the limited edition melon mango color and it's really cool but my favorite song is bury a friend off that album bad guy which was like non-stop being played on the radio
1: yeah i really do like bury a friend and when the party's over i believe it's called yeah. when the party's over it literally sends shivers down my body because she sings with such melancholy
0: is that the music video where she... Well, if it's the one I'm thinking of, the one where the black comes out of her eyes? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, watching that in the documentary, watching that get filmed, um, I would never want that black stuff in my eyes, but it was really cool to watch that. Like, I, her idea. Yeah, cool. and
1: I like her, um, the way she wanted to be in charge of her music videos. Yeah. After that one, she really was like, I'm never letting someone else direct my music videos again.
0: Yeah, I thought that was funny. I appreciate that because she doesn't want this, like her music and like her image to become distorted by other people. She kind of wants to stay true to herself and portray herself in a way that's her and her ideas. And you can kind of see that when she would draw in her like lyric book or whatever. Like a lot of those ideas from that book were portrayed into her album.
1: Yeah, they really were um the art that she did and how she knew what she wanted to do and what she wanted to call it was really good and i love the fact that she would talk about the critics and say that why don't you write happy music and she was said she was very comfortable with the dark things
0: yeah and i do her sound like that's one of the things when i first heard about her when i first looked her up i nobody really sounded like her at that time um nobody still really sounds like her but of course music is keeps changing and you get inspired by other people but it was just kind of was a nice change of change of pace and i just it was really cool something new
1: yeah and just like um the only person that brings me to like think about the similar sound would be melanie martinez oh yeah but melanie martinez has a More of a boisterous voice. Billie Eilish is like more soft and angelic. Angelic, yes, (laughs) I would say angelic.
0: Yeah,
1: like it's very soft when she's saying it. Almost sounds like she's whispering to you, and that's the thing I like about her music. It's kind of like intimate because it feels like she's whispering to you and she's telling you her deep dark secrets.
0: Yeah, and another thing I like about her music is just kind of funny. Like she just her personality really shows through with. Just the thing she says, the way she says things, and just watching the documentary. I never really watched any of her interviews or really took the time to, like, research her before watching this. And it was just cool to see her personality because I never thought that a celebrity could be like that.
1: No, and she was just, like I said before, she was just so... She was just normal. She was just a teenager. And the thing I really respected about her most was that how what a good relationship she had with her brother. She said every night I lay in my bed, brother's room and we write songs together. Yeah. And she said she hates writing songs because he's so good at it. We can transition into another topic.
0: I don't know, I guess, um... Mm-hmm.
1: If you Since you guys can't see it, she just looked at me with, like, this face of, like, I don't have anything else to talk about.
0: No, I don't. I just wanted to talk about Billie Eilish, but I guess I'll talk about Justin Bieber then, because Justin Bieber was on that, and um, me personally, I liked Justin Bieber when I was younger. You probably, you listeners probably, I don't know, some of you might, some of you may not, because, you know, he's not really emo, but I could appreciate him. I, I don't really listen to him now, but when I was younger, you know, I kind of like Billie Eilish. I... Had some posters of him on my wall. Never cried over him. I was more interested in other people. But, I mean, I could appreciate some Justin Bieber. I appreciated the way that he, like, hugged her and took the time out to make her feel comfortable and appreciated. And just, like, she wasn't alone. Same with Katy Perry, honestly.
1: Now Orlando Bloom was the real hero in that.
0: I like how she did not even know who he was. And then, <laughs> like, I thought that was hilarious. I
1: did, too. And she's like, that's Will Turner? <laughs> Get it back here.
0: Yeah, that was funny. But something that I kind of think about, well, something that just popped in my mind, I'm sure many of you have been to work tour, and when that was a thing, I wish it still was the way that it was. I'm sure many of you still probably think that. Um, what if she was on it? Like, I feel like Billy she could, Yeah, I feel like she could appeal to that crowd. She's kind of too big now for that kind of style, but like, just like a date I remember... They were once on some Warped Tour, weren't they?
1: Yes, but so was Katy Perry, too.
0: I did, I forgot about Katy Perry. But, like, so many people, I feel like she could be... She appeals to that audience and thinking about her being at Warped Tour and, I don't know, I just miss Warped Tour, I guess. So,
1: the thing is, she appeals to the mainstream and then yeah. the underground, in a way.
0: I feel like she kind of, like, merged, like, normal... Like, not normal, like, your everyday people, to your emo people, just, like... There's e-girls, e-guys, emo people. There's so many different subcultures and just new music. Like, music really changes culture and the way people dress. It really is a big influence, especially, I mean, for me, it always has been.
1: Yeah, but I just want to point out the fact that I had no idea what an e-girl or an (laughs) e-boy was two weeks ago. And it still (laughs) bothers me because they're stealing emo culture.
0: Well culture evolves um little peep i think i mean i don't know have much research on e girls and e guys it's definitely become a big thing in the past couple of years but if i could say anyone with this is with no knowledge off the top of my head i would say little peep kind of and juice world influenced that kind of start that merging of rap with hip hop and pop punk and emo and rock and just all those different sounds um Little side note if you've never heard of the band Nothing Nowhere and you're fans of Little Peep or Juice World or just anything in general, you should check them out because they kind of have a mix of all those genres as well.
1: Nothing Nowhere is one of those bands that I feel like anyone can listen to, but if you appreciate like emo music, you'll appreciate them more. The lead singer has definitely has this captivating quality about himself where he never really shows his face. And it's kind of interesting. He,
0: yeah. When we watched the documentary, I think that's the first time I, I mean that YouTube documentary is the first time I ever saw his face.
1: Yeah. He, he has a YouTube documentary called the trauma factory, which is their new album. And it just came out like last week. So I recommend you guys listening to it. Um, but he has the, he's very unique. He makes his own kombucha He um, rides a tractor, and then he sings songs about driving by his ex-girlfriend's house and crashing his car.
0: Yeah, his music, like, the way that he expresses himself with his music, you would never think that he's this guy that, like... He literally said in the documentary, that's a nice tractor. That's something my father would say as a person that fixes tractors. So, I mean, I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll (laughs) accept it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he, um is just very dynamic in a way like he's he found himself like he they blew up so quick and i i'm sure you guys have heard so of them quick. i'm sure you guys have heard of them in some capacity but they blew up so quick that he literally had to step away from it and move out to this secluded house and just work on his music there and i don't even think they've toured in like past couple of years because of it
0: also with coronavirus, that's really put a damper. I'm sure all of you kind of know what you're feeling. You're missing that concert feeling. feel it, like For me, I feel like nothing to look forward to because that was a thing that would really get me going, make me feel alive. feel like I kind of felt fit in with people around me. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love going to concerts. Um, what was the last concert we went to? Was it a Beartooth?
0: It was Beartooth. The Beartooth and Motionless and White were the headliners. Stick to Your Guns was there. Who else? There was one more band.
1: Yeah, and it was, I still can't think of it. And I was... I really liked the lineup. I can't remember what it is, though.
0: No, that sucks. Well, anyway, well... It's, I'm, it sucks that we don't remember that band. Um, I don't want to say they weren't memorable, but obviously I don't remember who it was. If you were went to a show on that tour... Let us know, I guess. Um, But I kind of wanted to go full circle back with... We were talking about the Nothing Nowhere documentary series. um, And with the Billie Eilish documentary. Both of us, like, we really enjoy watching movies, TV, whatever. And I'm... Dominic was never really a big documentary person until he started dating me. Because I... I don't know. I personally enjoy real things like i don't know you like supernatural which is cool i can appreciate it but
1: i like, love movies she likes documentaries
0: it, it does but we've been watching a lot of them lately that's like one thing you can really that in horror movies is something you can really get me to sit down and watch
1: but you talk about nothing nowheres and you talk about billy Eilish's, but one of the documentaries that i loved was the little peep documentary everybody's oh, yeah. everything Because it made me know who he is and like his music.
0: You sound like an e-boy. I'm not.
1: (laughs) But I'm just saying he is one of the most charismatic people. And his voice was... I don't like rap music too much. Now you do. Now I do. But he is probably one of the bigger reasons why I like it. Yeah,
0: it was about this time last year we both really started listening to little people, I'd say. And... It's kind of funny because Spotify. I'm a big Spotify person. Dominic really does Apple, but one thing I like about Spotify is at the end of the year they will give you kind of like a summary of who you listen to the most, what song, what artist, what song, what album you listen to the most. And little people's mine, which I'm honestly was kind of shocked about because you. When I first started listening to him, I really was listening to him. Yeah. Like I didn't realize it was that much because my favorite band is The Wonder Years, which is a pop punk band from Philly. And it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit that they I wasn't the number one Wonder, fan, Wonder Years fan that year. And, like, for the past three years, I Wonder Years were number one across the boards. And I felt kind of disappointed. In my, like, I love Little Peep, but, like, my heart broke a little bit because I love the Wonder Years.
1: Yeah, I do love the Wonder Years. But it was just so interesting to hear... That kind of style that Lil Peep created. It's definitely
0: fresh. Yeah. It's new.
1: You can compare it to Post Malone, but in my opinion, it doesn't oh, no. sound the same at all.
0: I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, I i guess I can kind of see what you're saying because Post Malone kind of goes back and forth. He has a song with the acoustic guitar and he goes back and forth with the instruments and stuff.
1: But like the thing about Lil Peep was it didn't even sound like it sounded like the in between like MGK has in my opinion.
0: MGK is not in between anymore.
1: I but no, I mean like in between singing and talking.
0: Who, Little Peep?
1: Yes, the way he's his voice oh, sounded.
0: Yeah. I can say I would say look but if I could give credit to anyone for starting that kind of I I don't know the proper term for it right now, but if I give credit emo to Emo
1: Rapture, that's what we're gonna call it.
0: Yeah, whatever. Even with Rap shit. if I could give credit to anyone for kind of starting that subgenre, I would give it to Little Peep for sure.
1: And could you imagine if he was still here today? No. Do you think, like...
0: I don't know. Like, would he go more in the direction of MGK, where he put... Because MGK, he was rap rap, like, yeah. waka-flocka, like, wild boy rap. Like, I can listen to some rap music, but he is not a wild boy anymore. He is a pop punk... Not a pop punk. He is an e-boy now. Like...
1: I wouldn't call him e-boy, because he's, like, shredding that Donrick, guitar...
0: You don't even know, like you don't have TikTok like me. Um, his movie that came out, yes. What is it called? Take It to My Downfall or no, Downfall, Downfall,
1: high. Downfall High?
0: Okay, Lil' Huddy was the I star don't know who for Lil that. Huddy is. I don't really know either because I don't follow them. But Lil' Huddy, I in my I've never watched a documentary, but in my eyes, like if I could just picture what it's about, I picture Lil' Huddy. He's an e boy. I watched the trailer, but I picture MGK. Little Huddy is MGK as a child in high school, and he dresses like e-boy. He is, like, the fashion. If you Google e-boy, it's like that.
1: Yeah, I understand that, but, like, if you listen to the songs, like, I get, I can get some of them like that, but the one song, Lonely, <clears throat> I can just feel it in my stomach when I listen to it.
0: I don't know. if I, I can't really sing that song off the top of my head right now.
1: I'm not going to sing it because I'm not a good singer, <laughs> and uh, you guys will make fun of me, but... Uh, I probably would, too. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I do like with MGK... See, I listen to all music, but I'm the type of person that when I listen to rap, I want to listen to only rap. When I listen to pop punk, I want to listen to only that kind of music. I don't. I can appreciate the mixing of music genres because it's kind of like the thing right now. It's something new, but I like to have it separated, but... Um, yeah, MGK with this new album that he had, it kind of was pop punk, and I've I love that album. I play the shit out of that album.
1: Me too. I just I do think it's something fresh.
0: I fresh for him for sure because I feel like his music career was kind of like, especially after Eminem
1: buried him alive.
0: Yeah, Eminem. That's a whole other subject. Like I gotta make a whole another podcast for that. Cause Eminem's just not emo, but I could do a whole other thing just on Eminem.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big rap
0: person. See, you say that. Dominic's thing is when we first started dating, obviously in a relationship you're not the same exact person as your significant other, but me, I love Honey Mustard, I love The Wonder Years, I love Eminem, I love rap music, I love everything, like all all kinds of music. Dominic hates Honey Mustard, he would smother himself in ketchup if he could, like, He would have, when he is ever in the hospital, I bet you, instead of a fucking IV, he will have ketchup coming in his fucking veins (laughs) to keep him alive. Probably. Like, anyway, Dominic, no, I don't really like the Wonder Years. Well, boy, I should have just break, like, if he would not like the Wonder Years like me, I think I would have had to let him go. For real. Like.
1: But they grew on me.
0: You're fucking lucky they did. They
1: grew on me. I'm I'm telling you. They really did.
0: Anyway, like, with rap. Dominic listens to more rap than me now. Like I'm like reverting back into my fucking emo fourteen-year-old. Like, I I listen to music from when I was fourteen.
1: You say that, but I was listening to Motionless in White's Creatures album three times a day. Good for you. Like I love, I love that genre of music.
0: Yeah, you do like I. You do like like the heavier stuff. I'm see me. I'm more pop punk. Dominic is like
1: a shotgun to your front door.
0: Whatever that means. <laughs> it
1: means like I'm going to slam beat and do whatever. What are some of your favorite bands? Um, some of my favorite bands are... Top five. Top five? Ooh, that's a hard top one. Top three. Okay, I can do top five. Top five. Um, number one is Beartooth. Number two is A Day to Remember. Number three is The Ghost Inside. Number four... Is suicide Silence and number five is Motionless and Waiting.
0: Is that an order? That is an order. So I'm really surprised to Gives Inside wasn't the number one for you.
1: So they got to remember they came back after this horrific bus accident, and I need to take the time to listen to them more. But What You Give Is What You Get is one of my favorite albums of all time, still. And when in their new album, when they did this is the, the song is not called This is New Sound of Sacrifice, but the call out was This is the New Sound of Sacrifice. 13 year old Dominic literally clambered in the front seat of his car and was like ready to crash into another car.
0: See, my favorite bands, I can't put them in order. Because if you're in my top five, there's just, I can't do that. Like, I just, I can't do that. Um, say number is The Wonder Years. Number two, the story so far. Number three, a day to remember. Four, Beartooth. tooth. Five, all time low.
1: Okay. Little well, hometown heroes a five.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing we didn't mention yet. We're both from Maryland. I've lived in this house that I'm filming in my whole entire life, and Dominic, he lives with us, lives with me now, but he grew up like seven le- years away. Yeah, like. Yeah, literally. I think that's what my GPS says when it says go to blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, seven minutes away.
0: Yeah, so Maryland, if, I mean, the all-time low, if you didn't know, is from Maryland. They're from Towson. And um I would stalk them if they still lived in Maryland. I'm not going to lie. Like, now that I have a car, like, 14-year-old me, if Lauren could, she would take her car to wherever they live. Alex Gaskarth, um... More, impo- like, m- number one person I would stalk from that band. Like, you better watch out. Um, I w- if I was 14, I would go stalk him. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure they all live in California now.
1: <laughs> well, thank God they live in California, because we are engaged.
0: Well, I wasn't thinking like that. Like, it's just, I don't know. Um, fun fact, one time at a concert, I did get to touch him. yeah i know (laughs) you were at that same concert what concert was that
1: spring fever tour
0: yeah it was a spring fever tour and for the lineup for that i this is actually pretty crazy like a week before i created a bucket list i remember i was 14 i created a bucket list and on that bucket list everything came true which was like i need to write another bucket list but on there was meet of mice and men me um go go see all time low live made a parade pierce the veil Blah, blah, blah. Like, all those... When the Spring Fever Tour the lineup literally was You Me at 6, Pierce the Veil, Mayday Parade, and All Time Low. And I remember as soon as I saw that, I probably ran downstairs, woke my mom up, and begged her to buy me tickets. Like, I actually probably demanded. Like, I needed to see them live. I would probably jump off a bridge if I didn't get to see that iconic lineup live.
1: So, you bring up something. Mayday Parade was always one of my favorite bands.
0: Yeah, they're pretty underrated. Like, they're... I always forget about them, but... May- yeah, yeah.
1: maybe Parade has always been one of my favorite bands, and they just make me happy. I don't know why.
0: Uh, his smile, seeing him live, his face just, like, makes me, like, happy.
1: Yeah, and I felt that way about Real Friends, too, and sadly, Dan, I believe that's his name. Yeah. He left, um, so it's a little bit of a bummer. But they're still
0: a band, though, it's just, um, they're it's not the, changing their name. But it's but yeah. not the same. No, it's not, but...
1: Those were like the bands that got me into pop punk. And Neck Deep.
0: I meant Neck Deep.
1: Yeah, I know you meant Neck That's Deep. That's a story you for meet, another day. You tell me that like at least every time I play them.
0: I can't help it.
1: Because just, I love Neck Deep and I love the fact that they work so closely with Jeremy McKinnon and Jeremy McKinnon.
0: See me personally, I love Jeremy McKinnon, but I liked Neck Deep sound more. When they had that raw, authentic pop-punk sound. And when they started working with Jeremy McKinnon as a producer, I felt like they kind of lose that roughness. Which, every band, as they start to progress and they get more money and more like whoever, people want them to be on their record label, their sound is going to sound better and more progressed. I just liked the authentic. That was the most pop-punk show I've ever been to in my life.
1: But Cali Ma with J Je- featuring Jeremy McKinnon.
0: Okay, that's okay. That's a really good song. Like can't I can't
1: kick up the roots.
0: No, that's a really like I still love them, but I'm just saying like you said you started liking them when Jeremy McKinnon was Oh Kenan no, them
1: up. I liked them before that. I liked them on that one EP. I can't remember what it's called. Me
0: either. The one with a part of me, and I'm sure every bitch on this fucking podcast knows... A part of me. A part of me. Like, I could walk down the street probably and ask this random person, do you know a part of me by Neck Deep? And they'll be like, who's Neck Deep? But they'll know (laughs) the song. Just like all my friends that I would make them listen to pop punk music. That was their favorite song to listen to, because that's how easy it was to listen to.
1: Yeah, it was an easy song to listen to, but... um, The other songs on the album, Silver Lining...
0: Oh yeah, you I can't. Gotta, I
1: can't wait six months.
0: You gotta argue with me. That's one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, I just love those. So I love those songs. Granted, they do sound a lot rougher, but I do like the polished version that Jeremy can improvise, and I like that they use some of what Eddie Remember uses. I really did.
0: I can see that. Like, i tell like I do like them now. I'm just saying, like that authentic, like pop punk, mm-hmm. like the underground pop punk. Like, I don't know. That's just a sound. I feel like that era doesn't even really exist anymore. Like, it totally might. But I miss that time in life where pop punk was at its peak. Like, Defend Pop Punk like was everywhere. I Man Overboard, though. I don't like... Okay, Man Overboard, I don't really... They've never been one of my favorites. I just think he's a little too whiny for me, personally. But Defend Pop Punk, that was a slogan. That I was... Defend Death
1: Note was also a slogan. That was my stomach, guys. I'm stomach. sorry you hear that.
0: Um defend pop punk like i just that time in my life like i just felt so good i would do anything to go back to that time in my life well
1: i remember going to a Carnifex show and buying a defend death metal sweet t-shirt i wish i really wish i had it still
0: yeah i wish i had a lot of my band merch too but you know lauren likes to go through phases with her clothes and i i have a few select band t-shirts from when i was in high school left
1: i just got too large
0: Oh,
1: my God. No, you not I, I did. I just got too large. I can't make any other excuse for that.
0: Well, something that I want to talk about, we're about to wrap this episode up, but something, probably the next episode, um, talk about how me and Dominic met and how kind of our love for music, emo music, and just the culture in general kind of draws to each other and how we just... Yeah, that's probably what our next episode will be on. Yeah, I mean,
1: like you she said one of the things that really drew me to her was the fact that she liked the same music as me and it was so important
0: which i'm sure a lot of you understand because just when you have an aesthetic and you just i you guys just get what i mean the emo aesthetic like the emo music like you know exactly what i'm talking
1: about and she supported it that was more than another important thing for me like i don't know if you guys have heard of the brand sketchy tank but she's bought me like every sketchy tank t-shirt I've ever wanted.
0: I've gone broke buying you every fucking sketchy tank shirt I can, and
1: and I've gone broke buying every single vinyl you've ever. I out. do
0: have a very large vinyl collection. I'm very happy. That's one thing that makes me very happy.
1: And you do have a very rare vinyl collection, I might add.
0: I do. I like to collect the most collectible vinyl there are.
1: And I like to go on various parts of the internet, even the dark <laughs> web. Even considering, I saw guys for sale you don't know but I found some very rare vinyl for her and I got it for her
0: yeah basically this podcast we just ramble on about anything we really please and today what inspired us was the Billie Eilish documentary and who knows what we'll talk about next so thank you for listening
1: thanks for listening and stay weird